Welcome to Get the Job Australia, the podcast created to accompany you whilst you find the job, the one you've always wanted. We're here to provide weekly inspiration and tips to help you along your job seeker journey. Think of us as your personal coach, helping you navigate your way to that employment offer. We also offer tailored services in resume writing, cover letters, LinkedIn profiles and interview coaching. Visit getthejobaustralia.com.au to find out more. Now here's the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the topic, is your resume outdated and what you can do if it is to modernize it. So obviously your resume goes through layers and layers of screening, layers of steps, lots of processes, lots of people. If and when it actually lands in the hands of a hiring manager or recruiter, you want to make sure that you're not coming across as outdated and irrelevant, but you're actually coming across as a candidate who's innovative, you're progressive, you're modern, and most importantly, get straight to the point. Very, very important. <laughs> to do that, there's a certain criteria that you need to follow to make sure you're presenting an up with the times resume. And it all comes from, well, it's all based around psychology, really, the format, the organization, the structure of your resume. It's really going to make the employer associate these positive and negative connotations with you as a worker, as a person, as a candidate. So while this is really unfair, of course, because they haven't actually met you before, this is just the reality of what it's like to be a job seeker to go through the process. And this is how recruitment works. So the sooner you up your resume writing game, the faster you'll be to land your dream role. So what's the actual criteria for modernizing your resume? Well, the first thing you can do, it's a really easy one, is to take out your full address. Why would you need to do that? Number one, it's obviously a waste of space. You don't need your full address on there. Why would some, why would they need to know your full address right at the start of the process? This is something that recruiters, hiring managers, HR personnel, they'll gather later in the process once they've given you your letter of offer, if they need to put it on your employment contract, if they need it for legalities. But right at the start, no one needs to know your full address unless they're going to conduct the interview at your house, which is obviously not going to happen. But the second thing... And this is probably something you should really be concerned about is that you don't know what people are going to do with your private information. So unless you're actually signing privacy notice, a privacy notice, you never you should never share where you live. I used to see it a lot in recruitment agencies, often really hungry recruiters who were chasing money, chasing dollar signs, they would send unsolicited resumes across to oh, oh my god so many companies so many places in order to try and land a role or to land an interview for that person and the candidate often had no idea this was happening because how would they know and how would they find out um, and a recruiter would put a spin on it if it came to actually getting an interview for the candidate so you just want to make sure that you never put your full address on there for privacy reasons but also it's a waste of space, it's unnecessary clutter, it's also unnecessary information at this point. The best thing to do is to just put the suburb you live in um, only because it allows the employer to, to know that you can commit to traveling the required distance for work. So they can see you live here, they know the company is here, they can make the connection in their mind that yes, okay, this person can get to work, no problem. Um, and to be honest, more often than not, they'll probably skim over it until the very last step. So just put the suburb, leave out the full address. 
The second thing is to include your LinkedIn URL. Why do you need to do this? Well, first of all, it shows you're progressive. It's a chance to showcase your work. It's also a chance to present a photo of yourself and give the employer a chance to see people recommending you, your achievements, you know, have a little bit of a, get more information about you from a different source. It's a really good thing to include. And not everyone has a LinkedIn profile. Not everyone has especially a finished profile. So this is just another way to let them sift through the information about you and make up in their mind who you are as a person and a worker. And on top of this, it benefits you because most people, especially in talent acquisition, have their their account on public viewing mode, which means that you'll know if a company is looking at your profile and who's interested in you. So you can sort of prepare for a phone call from them or you can quickly look up their company and just see who might call you, who might reach out to you and sort of get prepared in that way. The third thing to do to update your resume and make it more modern is to leave off a photo. I've not come across a resume to date where it looks good to have a photo on there. It looks so bad. It's so outdated. It should be on your LinkedIn instead. It really should. Imagine you're a recruiter sifting through hundreds of resumes a day, just pages and pages of applications. These are all strangers. It's just constantly reading, constantly looking at people's background, trying to figure out who's good, who's worth a call, who's just applied for the sake of it. And suddenly you just, you get startled with a photo. It's so random and it's just so outdated. And I know that when you're at home, you know, you're you're at home typing up your resume, you think, oh, this looks really good. But in the context of the employer or the recruiter or the hiring manager, it just looks so random and it puts people off. So no matter how good looking you are, no one wants eyes staring at them unexpectedly. It's really, really random. So just leave your LinkedIn photo to, oh, sorry, leave your photo to LinkedIn and definitely have your LinkedIn profile URL on your resume. The fourth thing to do is to delete anything personal. So why would we want to know about your marital status when we're considering you for a job or your religion or how many kids you have? All of these are irrelevant and also, most importantly, they're illegal to ask candidates. So you shouldn't give that information. They shouldn't ask it from you. And again, they're all contributing to that all-important barrier unnecessary clutter. Anywhere you can take clutter off your resume, you should. Don't be afraid to cut things out. Give the employer something enticing. Only use words that make them want to pick up the phone and call you. You know, putting there that you're, you know, your star, your star sign. No one cares about that. And that's something that you know, obviously that's not personal, that's an opinion, but anything personal, it just should never come up. It should never, ever, you shouldn't present it, they shouldn't ask, it should just be left out of the process altogether. The only rebuttal I have for that is I think it's nice on your resume, if you have room and if there's no other clutter anywhere else, is to put a little section that says a little bit about me. And you could literally call it that, that use that title. And I've done that before for my clients. 
And if you've got something like a hobby or something that you do, you're interested in, you know, don't put on there, I enjoy watching footy and reading, like don't put boring stuff. Put in there something that's different, that makes you stand out, that makes people think, hey, this person, you know, I can see all their achievements from their resume already, but this person might be interesting. Maybe this person would be fun to work with. Just think about it from their perspective. The fifth thing to do to in the criteria to make your resume more modern is to address gaps in your employment history. Why do you need to do this? You don't want to be qualified out before you've actually had the chance to explain yourself. Most reasons for people having gaps in their employment history are actually quite acceptable to employers. And they can include things like starting a business or started a business, career break, break to raise family, travel break, medical break, etc. I find most people do have a good excuse and it's not that you didn't utilize your skills because at the end of the day, the employer just wants to gather all this information to make sure you can do the job. So if you were still using skills in that break, such as you started a business, you had to put yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone, start doing things you wouldn't normally do. That's a transferable skill that you can use in your work. So, you know, you can keep it brief, but still address those concerns early in the process. And don't be afraid as well to list jobs you did during that time that were maybe seemingly unrelated to the role you're applying for. Having any work on there is better than having no work in the eyes of the employer. And having no work without an explanation is not good that's the worst thing you can do so if you've got if you've had no work during that time just address those concerns up front so you're not qualified out of the process the sixth thing on the last thing you can do to really modernize your resume is one that's a bit uh, might stir up a few thoughts and i don't think a lot of people are comfortable doing it i've personally done it myself and it's been fine um, it's to take out your references. Take them out altogether though. Like don't even have a part that says references avail available upon request. Just take them out. Um, it might be daunting to do it as, as you know, we, we've, got, we've gotten so used to having that there. But honestly, if you're, okay, so just say you've written um, references available upon request. Employers are not going to hesitate in asking for referees if it's part of their recruitment process. So they won't get to that final stage, be ready to make you an offer and say, hold on, before we call the candidate and get the referee details, let's actually go back to their resume and see if they put their references available upon request. Because, hmm, maybe if they haven't noted it, they might not have those details to provide them to us. That literally never, ever happens. <laughs> they don't check that. They don't care if you've written on there that they're available if they ask for it. They're just going to ask you for it. They're just going to cut out time wherever they can and just go straight to you and say, we need references. It's part of our process. If you don't provide them, well, that's on you because we can't progress you. So there's just no need to write them. Um... And you certainly, on that topic, 
don't take that take it that step further and actually write your referees and their full name and their phone number and their address and where they work again for privacy reasons but also it's just a little trick to be able to have time to warn the employ um warn your referees that they should be re- receiving a call soon and you can prepare them to give you a glowing recommendation because obviously when you're on the phone and You've been asked over the phone by the potential employer to provide those details. Well, you're not going to recite them on the spot. You're going to go away. You're going to email it to them. You're going to get the right phone number. So that gives you a window of time or a buffer of time for you to actually call your referees and make sure they know the phone call's coming. So that's all we have for this episode. Be sure to give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and follow us on Spotify under Get The Job Australia, and also visit our website, which is getthejobaustralia.com.au. Until next time, thanks. Bye.